0: This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.
1: Hello, my name is Susan Prosnitz and I'm the Executive Director for the Rappaport Center for Law and Public Service here at Suffolk University Law School. Welcome to the Rappaport Center for Law and Public Service podcast series. Uh, Today we are joined by Middlesex District Attorney Jerry Leone. Jerry has served as DA since 2006 following a fascinating and impressive career in which he served as in several senior management positions in the U.S. Attorney's Office, the Massachusetts Attorney General's Office, and within the Middlesex DA's office. He has been called the most experienced person ever to run the Middlesex DA's office. DA Leone has also successfully prosecuted many notable cases, including shoe bomber Richard Reed and British au pair Louise Woodward, convicted of killing eight-month-old Matthew Epen. We are proud to say that D.A. Leone is also a Suffolk University Law School graduate, and we are delighted that he is with us today. So welcome to you.
0: Thanks, Susan. Thanks for the kind introduction.
1: And uh, I think our our listeners today will be very interested in hearing about some of the uh, priorities in in your office. So I think I'd like to start with um, asking you about what you think your top priorities will be for the upcoming term.
0: Whenever I I talk about priorities, I talk about the people who we protect and serve as a district attorney's office. And I always start with the youngest amongst us and the eldest. Um, The eldest being, in in my mind, the most deserving of protection and service, and the youngest being our most vulnerable, Um, our most vulnerable and those who really deserve our investment and our commitment in them because they're our future. So our school-based youth Community-based programs are extremely important to me, as are our protection and service programs that deal with the elders across Middlesex County. And if I had to pick one of our specialty um, units um, that touch upon both of those areas, it would be the area of domestic violence.
1: And yeah, I actually am familiar with that uh, area. You've been uh, wonderful about having uh, Suffolk Law students volunteer through our pro bono program, specifically in your domestic violence uh, unit. Um, let's talk for a moment about your Juvenile Diversion Program. Um, I understand that to be a very innovative program. If you can tell me a little more about what it is and why you started it and,
0: and, and what its goals are. Sure. I love talking about our youth-based efforts. And when I talk about the efforts in the office, it's, it's always from a front end and a back end. Uh, the back end is the cases, that we do as professional prosecutors. There are 41,000 cases in Middlesex County between our 11 district courts and superior courts. And those frankly are the cases that we speak for people who have no voice and they're the medium. That's how we do that and that's how we protect and serve. But we're also a very committed partner on what I call the front end. And that's intervention and that's prevention through education and training. Where the back end is enforcement. Enforcement through investigations and prosecutions. I spend personally a lot of my time, and the office spends a lot of time on the front end, the intervention and prevention end.
1: And so, how do you see sort of all of your efforts on the front end, prevention end, paying off at the back end?
0: Well, it's really anecdotal because you can't really measure what you're preventing in some ways. We try and do that, Um, but I I really, when I talk to people about our intervention and prevention efforts, I talk about the programs themselves, and I, I think that it's fairly obvious when we talk about the comprehensive nature of our programs that we're doing great stuff, especially for young people.
1: So let's talk about a, another initiative that I know is uh, underway and something near and dear to your heart, which is um bullying and cyberbullying, obviously a, a prevalent issue, certainly here in Massachusetts and across the country. What is your office doing to confront bullying and specifically as it applies to uh, to youth?
0: Well, bullying and cyberbullying are one of those areas that's an outgrowth of our efforts towards young people. You you mentioned our juvenile diversion program. The whole reason the diversion program was set up across the county was because young people are going to get in trouble. They're they're impressionable, they're immature, they're uh, oftentimes experimenting in a lot of different areas, and it's our approach to give them a second chance in those matters that aren't the extremely serious matters that we sometimes see juveniles commit. And that's why we've implemented a pre-complaint, pre-arraignment diversion program so that kids don't suffer whatever detriment they might from a border probation record. So that's our front end approach to trying to keep kids out of the system. Now what we find is bullying exists now as it did 20, 25 years ago in that kids are still mean to other kids. It may not be a crime, but it's a culture. And it's a school climate that we're trying to change in every one of the 54 towns and cities in Middlesex County. Now, if you combine bullying with electronic communications, which is how kids talk these days, you know, whether it's tweeting or social network sites or laptops or their handhelds and the texting messages, this is how kids talk to each other. Well, they're also mean to each other through these electronic communications, and that's cyberbullying. It's using electronic communications to be mean to someone else. Now, it doesn't mean it's a crime, but it is activity that we can't tolerate. So we have uh, several different programs which are focused on uh, the school climate, the climate in our in- and the environment in our communities, and basically telling kids to treat each other the way you'd want to be treated. And if we can do that and continue to make some measurable ground there, we're hopeful that we can arrest this issue of cyberbullying and control it. But it, you know, it, we're not naive enough to think that we're going to make it go away, because kids being kids are going to be mean to each other, and the anonymity of cyber communications makes it much easier to be mean to someone than you otherwise would be.
1: Although I I suppose that some of your work is informing kids about the consequences of messaging that they may not even – realize has has a criminal potentially criminal consequence.
0: Uh, That's a a great point, Susan. We use PSAs, public service announcements, in very creative ways, and there are a few different areas that we use them. But cyberbullying is one particular area where we use a very meaningful PSA to get the message across that once you send a photo of yourself or an electronic communication, one, you can't limit the scope of the communication, and two, you can never get it back. A sexting case that we had in Bill Billerica where young kids had sent out partially nude and nude photos of others in a, in a spam type of texting and email um, provided us the platform to bring kids in in a juvenile diversion context, but to set very strict limitations, terms and conditions, about what they would have to do in order to escape criminal prosecution. And the Bill Ricker sexting case proved to be a national example of how you can engage in a choice and consequence conversation with young people, but not have to bring them in and under the criminal prosecution.
1: So uh, let's shift gears for a moment, but I suppose stay stay focused on youth. Um, What's what's happening these days with in terms of gang violence? What do you see as the current trends? What is your office doing to confront gang violence in, in your county?
0: We have pockets of gang activity in Middlesex County. Uh, it's such an eclectic and diverse county. You get one and a half million people, fifty-four towns and cities that range from urban to suburban to rural towns and cities. Uh, the cities are over a hundred thousand, we have towns of fifteen hundred. But you will see pockets of gang activity that occur in usually the urban areas, but sometimes it's not. And what we try and do is control those pockets right away. And the fact of the matter is when you talk about gangs, you're talking about surrogates. We have former gang members who work with us on the intervention and prevention front. And what they'll tell you very frankly is they joined a gang because it was a surrogate. It was a surrogate for something they weren't getting at home. It might be the love of a familial member, it might be the fact that they weren't getting material goods through whatever familial setting they were in, and they turned to the gang because there's this urban myth and the gang myth that the gangs will be able to provide what they're not getting at home. So we've got to get to these kids earlier on, which is why we've expanded our programs to middle schools, to try to detour kids from looking for a surrogate in gangs and find the surrogate through health and human services, law enforcement, public safety professionals, so that they get a constructive surrogate. Uh, one of the most troubling trends we see amongst kids now is their willingness to carry and use weapons in order to resolve conflict. Where something might have been a fistfight 10 years ago, people end up seriously hurt and dead now because more kids are carrying weapons and resorting to the usage of weapons to resolve conflict. So you, you mentioned
1: a number of uh agencies that you're partnering with what about on the community-based organization and uh, religious groups side what what kinds of partnerships do you have and how does that help you both in terms of the gang violence issue and any of your other initiatives
0: there are no limits to the partners we'll bring in I'm um, the way i put it is anybody who can pull a lever to help a kid is invited to join with us we're now in middle schools high schools and colleges and universities. We, we drilled down into the middle schools because that's where the problems are occurring, but we're also now partnering with colleges and universities because when that young person hits 17 or 18 years old and goes off to college, they're bringing the baggage with them. It isn't like it stays behind them in the high school. And based upon a number of da- different serious and sensitive college and university campuses in Massachusetts and the fact that we have 20 colleges and universities alone in Middlesex County, that swells our population with young people between September and May. So we have to pay attention to that. And the partners are in the health and human service area because, frankly, the criminal justice system is littered with health and human service failures and other different agencies who can do something to help us help kids and young people.
1: So just uh, continuing in the discussion about um, your many initiatives, especially at the school level, I understand um, there are two partnerships that you're engaged in, um, one Middlesex Partners for Youth and one the Community-Based Justice Program. I'm just wondering if you could share a little bit more about the role of those partnerships in
0: promoting school safety. Sure. It's actually a two-pronged approach to keeping young people safe. Community-Based Justice is a program which is run between the police the courts, the schools, and the DA's office, where an assistant DA, once they're hired, is told, it's not an option. You are going into a middle school and high school in the area where you're going to be prosecuting. And they run a multi-agency task force group, which talk about court-involved kids, and they give that information to the schools so the schools can be safe, and how to keep kids from getting into the system, at-risk youth, if you will. And those um, meetings take place in every one of the 54 towns and cities in Middlesex County. On the front end, though, is Middlesex Partnerships for Youth. This is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that actually resides and exists within the district attorney's office, literally. I'm the chairman of the board of this nonprofit organization. The members are all of the superintendents in every one of the 54 towns and cities in Middlesex County. We have a direct partnership between every school system in Middlesex County on the public side and myself in our office. By joining and paying their dues, they get right off the top five free in-service trainings. Bullying, cyberbullying, mental health issues, alcohol and other drugs, uh, weaponry, gangs. Those are the primary areas of focus that the schools tell us they need, and we provide it to them. We hold in-service trainings for educators, parents, kids, and sometimes we do all three together, which makes for a very interesting dynamic. So this is the double-barreled approach we take to keeping young people safe in Middlesex County. The CBJ Court-Involved Program and the Middlesex Partnerships for Youth Front End Intervention and Prevention Program.
1: Very, very interesting approach. Thank you. Your list of initiatives and your innovation is incredibly impressive, and we congratulate you for your fine work to date and uh, your undoubtedly fine work ahead and are grateful that you are um, serving as Middlesex District Attorney. Thank you, Jerry Leone.
0: Thanks, Susan. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.